Welcome to episode 24 of Early Stoppage. I'm your host, Derek Moody, and on today's show, I spoke with undefeated Invicta strawweight contender, Helen Peralta. We spoke about her late introduction to mixed martial arts, excelling as an amateur, her predictions on three upcoming title fights, as well as her upcoming Invicta 31 fight against Kay Hansen. There's some funny moments in this one. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Joining me today is undefeated Invicta Strawweight contender, Helen Peralta. Welcome to Early Stoppage. Thank you for having me. Do you remember the first MMA fight you ever saw? Yes, uh, it was Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm. That was the first fight you ever saw? I know, yes. That was the first fight I actually saw. Who were you rooting for in that fight? Uh, no one. Somebody told me, somebody asked me if I saw Ronda Rousey getting knocked out. And I said, I didn't know who she was. And he just could not believe it. So he had to get his phone and he started playing the fight so I can see the replay. And that's how I ended up watching it. Did you grow up studying martial arts? Uh, no, not really. I always wanted to be a Power Ranger, if that counts. <laughs> you didn't grow up studying martial arts and you started watching mixed martial arts not too long ago. So what inspired you to want to get into mixed martial arts? I don't know. I mean, I, I used to get into a lot of fights. It was never uh, my choice to start a fight. But when the, my friend showed me the fight of Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm, I remember I was having all these opinions and I was, we were drinking and I was pretty drunk that night. And I said, you know, like, oh my God, she's getting frustrated. She's going she's gonna to get kicked in the face. And then all of a sudden, boom, it happened. And I said, I knew it. And then my friends were like, well, it is easy for someone to say that when they're sitting on the outside just watching. And I remember saying, oh, I'm, if I train, I can beat both of them. And then, you know, my friends kind of were like, whatever, didn't pay much attention to it. And the next day when I woke up, I remember almost everything from that night. But I remember mostly the part where they didn't believe me that I could actually train and become a martial artist and be a champion. And then after that, I just wanted to do it just to prove them wrong. <laughs> so that led to you becoming a mixed martial artist. Yeah, the next day I called someone who I knew was a professional mixed martial artist and I told him I wanted him to train me because I was going to be world champion. <laughs> he kind of just pretty much, I can't remember his answer exactly, but it translates into just show up. And I did, I showed up and I, I kept showing up. Now, are you still at the same gym? Yes. I still have the same coach. Betty believes in you now. He better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, as an amateur, you won titles at flyweight and bantamweight. As a pro, you've only fought at strawweight. Do you feel more comfortable with strawweight? Well, I was always a smaller fighter. I just didn't understand weight cuts. And I was a professional chef, and I was teaching at a community college. So sometimes I would have 20 or 30 students making pretty much the same dishes and I have to taste all of them as part of their grades so I couldn't really cut weight I would just fight at whatever I was waiting and that's it I, I didn't think it, it made a difference you know so I'm not sure it pretty much didn't but then I started noticing the girls that wanted to fight me were like the most more experienced girls and I could see that they would show up a one way and then the next day be so much bigger and then uh, my coach tried to convince me he said if you fight people your size you can actually knock them out and I said, okay. So I, I tried at 115, and then I realized it was so much easier fighting someone my size than having to fight someone bigger. Now, did you feel a difference in your speed or your power? I do. I feel a lot, I feel, feel a lot faster at strawway because now I'm actually washing my weight, and I'm starting to look like a fighter now physically, and I'm excited about that. 
<laughs> okay. Now your only loss was over two years ago as an amateur in a flyweight title fight against Jessica Fresh. What did you learn in that loss that helped you go on a nine-fight winning streak? I remember that same night. I mean, before the fight and during the fight, if you watch the video, I'm just laughing and I'm not paying attention. I didn't. The first time I walked into a jiu-jitsu class, I was freaking out. I'm like, uh, I'm here for boxing and this is gay. And I'm not doing it. <laughs> I didn't really believe in grappling. I just thought it was weird. It was just too close quarters. And I didn't, I thought that I could get through my career, which is striking. And then that night I learned that it's not true and that I needed to pay more attention, especially to the girls that are, most girls are grapplers, you know, that's their strength. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that women were not even allowed into the boxing uh, gym until recent, you know. And then after the whole Ronda Rousey thing, like more women started getting involved into MMA and were being recognized and, and the division is growing. But before there was none of that. So a lot of those girls, even if they just started MMA, they have a solid background in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or grappling. And it makes sense because you don't get hit. But that means that when I try to hit them, they're going to lower the level and they're going to take me down, which is what that girl did that night. She took me down so many times. I could not tell you how many times it was because it was so many. I, I felt like I was flying most of the match. And, you know, she secured three rounds out of five, so she won. Yeah, so that grappling definitely paid off in her favor. Your last amateur fight was for a tough enough title fight against Destiny McCubbin. At the weigh-ins, you two kissed. Was it planned or was it spur of the moment? You know what? Um, I had just, before that fight, four weeks before that, I had just cut weight to make my debut as in strawway. I have never cut weight before. So I cut the weight, and I was kind of paranoid about how my stomach would feel after the weight cut, so I didn't want to eat too much. For a rehab. You know, I just did a lot of liquids. I didn't eat much solids after the weight cut. But then after that night, after I fought, the moment I stepped off the ring, I started eating all of the food. And when I say all of the foods, I mean everything. The weirdest combination, like pizza and ice cream together. It was crazy. And I gained my way back for an extra 10 pounds. And then, you know, I get this offer to fly in Vegas, and I didn't realize it was a strawway. I said it was flyway. By the time I read the contract, it was two weeks out, and now I had to cut 25 pounds. So at weigh-ins, I was extremely dehydrated, and my opponent showed up over it's almost two hours late, and they wouldn't let me weigh in without her. So I was very dehydrated and lost. It's worse than being drunk. I had never felt so lost in my life. And when she came in, that's why I'm fully dressed at weigh-ins because I was just waiting for her. I was just dying there in a corner, waiting for her to come so I can start drinking and rehydrating. And I didn't remember what happened. I thought she kissed me. And then I saw a video and apparently I kissed her, but no, it was not planned. It just sort of happened. I don't know. I think I got nervous because she was really, she got really close to my face. And having a, you know, a semi-cute, semi-naked girl right in front of me, I just thought that was the proper behavior. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Now, since you've been a professional, have you noticed a big difference from amateurs to, to being a pro? Oh, hell yeah. Especially at that level. Like, fairly new. I, I did a lot of amateur fights because I wanted to see if I, if I was any good before I spend all of my energy into this. So I decided, all right, I want to take all the fights. Anybody that want to fight, I don't care about the weight class. I don't care where it is or when. I just want to fight to find out if I, if I have the skills necessary to become a professional mixed martial artist. I went nine, I won as an amateur, and then as a pro, that when I got the offer for Invicta, I'm like, I don't think I'm at that level, but I'm not going to turn it down. I'm just going to accept the, the, you know, accept it and sign the contract and then train for each fight. But yeah, I can see the I can see the difference. The first fight was fairly easy, you know, they didn't know me or the other girl, you know. 
you know, I, I, it went well for me. The second fight, I could see the level changing immediately. My second opponent, Cheyenne Blitzman, I still think she's a better fighter than me, even though I won the fight. But these girls are serious. Most of these girls are brown belt or black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. They all have a brown, a black belt in something. They have a background in certain martial arts. They train with top athletes, people that I watch on TV and I look up to. Those are their training partners. And, you know, it's a complete different level now. That's why all I do is train. It doesn't matter. Even when I'm asleep, I wake up in the middle of the night, and if I get nervous about a fight coming up, I start shadow boxing in the mirror. <laughs> now, how's your training camp going so far? So far, so good. Today, I got to do some striking, which was awesome, because uh, my coach wants me to put more emphasis into being, not becoming a grappler. You can't really change from one core, you know, thing that they go for. But he wants me to become more of a grappler in a way. So, because he knows nobody wants to get hit that hard. Most of those girls, you know, even the, the ones that are good strikers, you know, once I hit them once, even though I don't have much technique, they become very hesitant. So it's well known that whoever I fight next and in the future, they're going to want to go for a takedown. So we have been spending a lot of time working on ground game and stuff, my, my, you know, to tie up some of my, I call it my weaknesses. And he wants me to turn those into strengths for me. But today I got to do some striking. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> now, how often are you sparring throughout this training camp? I usually do a lot of sparring, but this time we're concentrating more on technique than sparring because I don't have many people my size to spar with. And the ones who are my side, they're either just striker, like kickboxer, or just jiu-jitsu. And jiu-jitsu people don't like to get hit, you know. They don't like to get body slammed, I found out the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's frowned upon. If they come at you and you pick them up and slam them on their back, they don't like it. And, you know, they don't want to get hit. And then when, you, when I go to do striking, it's just striking. But I know my, my next opponent, for example, she's a grappler. So I don't feel, I don't, you know, I don't feel like it will help me to just focus on that right now. So we're focusing more on our game plan. We do a lot of pad work. We do a lot of grilling and making sure, you know, I had a, a, a few injuries from my previous training camp that I'm recovering for. So we're just focusing on being healthy and um, tying up the game, working on my, on my mind, mind game, which I feel like it's Sometimes it's more important than physically. I feel out of my opponents of being physically stronger than me and have more technique, but I have been able to win because of my fighting IQ. So we have been working a lot on that, on how to be able to change the game plan and not writing anything on stone because that's how people get stale. Yeah, yeah, I agree. A couple months ago, you entered your first jiu-jitsu tournament. How was that experience? It was, I was very confused. <laughs> Before, before the tournament, I went to, the tournament was two hours from here, but there was also a professional fighter who fights a 135 two hours from here. So I said, you know what, I'll make it to a trip. So I went up there, I sparred for three days in a row with a girl that I almost fought. So you know when you're sparring with someone you almost fought, you're pretty much having a smoker fight at the gym. So I had three smoker fights in a row. Then uh, we went to watch some fights the night before the tournament, and my friend won in a spectacular manner. And he said, you got to come to the after party. So I went. And I was going to have one drink and one drink only. But it didn't turn out that way. I woke up the next day. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm late. For, I was late for the tournament. I, I started riding, driving as fast as I could. I get there. I'm supposed to be uh, going in an hour. But guess what? There was the matches before mine went really quick. And it was my turn. And I don't have my gear on. I'm hangover. It was insane. And then the moment I got in front of the girl, I just wanted to throw a gap just to set the mood, you know. <laughs> <laughs> even things out and then I ended up uh, 
going at 150 because there weren't enough people at 135 what I signed up for. I walked around at 130, but I figured I'll go for 135 in case so I can eat whatever I wanted. But then I ended up competing at 150. So I don't know. And then every time, you know, I'm on the ground and somebody's on the bottom and they do this like thing where they should stay there. I just wanted to hit her. A little bit of ground in pound. <laughs> yeah, you know, just to, just to set the mood, to let her know who's boss. I didn't do that, which I'm glad I did. <laughs> That's a quick way to get disqualified. <laughs> I know. I thought of my, I'm like, come on, Helen, don't do it. Don't do it. We're so close to winning gold in those. He and Nogi. Don't hit her. She headbutted me three times, one of the girls. One, she was a wrestler. Yeah, she keeps coming in. I supposedly it was an uh, accident. I'm like, by the third accident, I'm like, listen, if you hit me one more time, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard her coach saying like, oh, you know better than that. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> now how many fights do you have left on your Invicta contract well I have two fights the upcoming fight next week next weekend and then one more which I'm hoping to get it done this year now how's your experience been being with you know with inside the Invicta promotion oh my god I love I love that promotion so much it's so it's such an amazing experience for me when I go there you have all these women and, and I'm going to tell you right now women are vicious they're worse than, like, watching women fight. I think that's why they keep them so small. Like, the biggest we have right now in the UFC is 145. Because if we have female heavyweights, the insurance policy will be so high. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're petting a puppy, and then all of a sudden they want to, like, just rip someone's head off. I don't know how it works. But we are all in one building, and, you know, we have media day, and everybody kind of cross paths every now and then because we're in the same, in the same hotel. So it's pretty cool to watch everybody interact. During the, you know, during the weight cut also. And, uh, and then we have 10 a.m. weigh-ins, which is great because it gives you a few, like, seven extra hours to rehydrate. So that's pretty awesome. And I like the fact that it's all women, like, you know, it's just like women power. Have you studied any fight tape on Kay Hansen, who you'll be fighting at Invicta 31? Yeah, well, I didn't have to study her much because I was watching, I always watch Invicta. I watch all of their shows. Um, after I started watching MMA, then I went back and I, I remember saying, when I'm making my pro debut, I'm going to make my pro debut for Invicta. And of course, people didn't take it serious. And I went back all the way to Invicta 1 and I watched all of them. So when, yeah, Kay Hansen, she made her pro debut one show before I made mine. And I remember her way she was wearing camouflage and I said, I'm going to fight that girl. I know I'm going to end up fighting her either my first or second fight. It turned out to be my third, but I was close enough. So I was paying attention. I was actually rooting for her on her second fight in Victor against uh, 50 Call, I think was the name of the girl. I was rooting for her. Okay, now what weaknesses do you see in her game? Well, I wouldn't call them weaknesses. I would just say she just needs a little bit more time to mature in the MMA game. I think the fighting IQ. I think she has the strength and the knowledge, and it seems to me like she's in a very good training camp. But there's a difference between, I feel like skills in MMA are like color pens for an artist. You're an artist, the more color pens you have, the more choices you have. I only have one, it's black and white, but I can do magic with it. <laughs> That's a good way of breaking it down. Now, how do you see your fight going against her? You know, I think, I don't like to, you know, anticipate things. I like to just see how it goes. But I will say, if I was her coach, she lost her last fight in Invicta, I would want her to secure the win. And the only way for her to secure the win will be to commit to her ground game. That's what I would tell her as her coach. Maybe throw a few punches just to set up the takedown or wait for me to get wild, to go get underneath those punches and go for a takedown. That's what I would tell her. I am uh, counting on that, but at the same time, 
I have, uh, I don't know, I have this magic thing where I can make people play my game. Maybe she might feel like she can stand with me. I mean, why not? I'm not that good, I don't think. So if I have watched... If I had watched my fight in the past, I would say, well, she's not that good as a striker. I think if you come through the middle, you beat her to the punch because she throws, Helen throws a lot of loopy shots. If you come right straight, hit it with the straight, hit it with the hook, lower your level, put it on her back, and then round and pound. Well, those loopy punches have been working. Yeah, I think so too. And now I'm learning a little bit more technique. So they're going to look a little bit prettier this time. Now on the same night, the strawweight title is on the line in the main event. Do you see the champ keeping the belt, or do you think there'll be a new champion crowned? Ooh, that's a hard one. That's a very hard one. I do like um, I, the champion. I don't know. I just feel like she's, I'll say, I mean, I'm not scared. She's boring. <laughs> <laughs> if you, listen, if you have more than 10 wins in a row and zero losses, then you haven't made it to the UFC. I mean, there's a reason for that. So, I, I, you know, if she keeps the title, that's fine with me. If the other girl gets it, I still, I still don't care much for that. I'm, I'm there just to watch. I'll bring some popcorn and enjoy the show. Now, who would your dream fight be against? My dream fight against whoever is holding the title <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, I don't have any preference of who she is. I just, I just like shiny stuff. That's perhaps my girliest attribute, my love for shiny stuff. For women's MMA, we have a couple other big title fights coming up. There's the Chris Cyborg versus Amanda Nunes. Who do you think is going to win that fight? It depends. I, I, I was trying to figure out, is Amanda Nunes going up to 145 or is Cyborg coming down to 135? Uh, Nunes is going up. Ooh. It's hard for Cyborg to cut the weight. I would have made that bitch go down. got to be smart. <laughs> come on, it's a business. I would have made her come down. <laughs> Yeah, I think the lowest that she can get down to is 140. So that's the problem. It's, you know, it'd be a catch weight, but they want these titles on the line. So Nunes is coming up, try to be a two, two division champion. I mean, that's a, that's a tough fight for Amanda Nunes. I know Amanda Nunes is a really tough fighter. I mean, that's why she's the champion of Bentonweight. But Cyborg, I don't think she's human. I think perhaps she is a Cyborg for real. She almost seems invincible. We haven't seen her in danger at all. Yeah, they're both Brazilian brown uh, black belts. I mean, I, I'm not sure if, if Cyber officially has her black belt, but I know she's black belt caliber anyways. Sometimes black belt, it takes a while to get it because you have so many coaches, you might not want to take it from one because the other might get offended or something like that. But I know they're both black level, uh, black belt level as in Jiu-Jitsu, and they're both really good strikers, and they're both really strong. But I feel like at 145, um, Cyber might be a little bigger than Amanda. But it will come down to fighting IQ. It will come down to who makes a mistake. I think that's what it will come down to. Because when you have people at that caliber, they have similar skills. It comes down to who gets hit first. Because those four ounces gloves, all they do is protect your knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> now, the other big title fight is going to be Nico Montano versus Valentina Shevchenko. Who do you see winning that fight? Bullet. Out of everyone I've spoke to, I don't think anyone's picked Nico Montano. <laughs> She's just keeping it warm. <laughs> That's a tough fight. Shevchenko, I think, is probably going to walk through that division. You know, if she gets that belt, she's probably going to keep it for a while. How can your fans stay up to date with you on social media? Uh, for my social media, I have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Helen Peralta. That will keep it simple. Well, hey, I appreciate you being on Early Stoppage today, and I wish you the best at Invicta 31. Thank you so much. All right, that'll wrap up today's show with Helen Peralta. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Until next time, peace.